Hello, good evening, and welcome to uh, episode four of the Run Things podcast. We are still waiting for some sort of uh, amazing jingle. And so, Claire, any excuses? I just want one podcast to start when you're not saying something totally horrible about me. <laughs> uh, when that happens... Um... it's it's all over yeah pretty much it's not gonna happen (laughs) um so um we're actually up to almost a thousand listens across our three podcasts so far so people are actually sending us messages and encouraging us to carry on um if you're listening to this and you don't like our podcasts then more for you you idiot because you don't have to listen to it um anyway um on to running uh and uh welcomes claire hello Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, Tell us about your running for the last week. Uh, Well, I got back from Malaysia on Thursday. Um, Did Did, did you go to Malaysia? I went on holiday for a bit, yep. I don't know if I mentioned it. And then I did a lovely park run at Worthing Park Run on Saturday and then a 20-mile race on Sunday, also in Worthing. Uh 20-miler, which one? Uh, the Ada and Worthing 20. It uh, was an old race that has been reignited by Sussex Trail events. So um, it was the first time it's been run under there. Yeah, their you see, it's not an old race, is it? It's a new race just in the same town that the old one used to be in. Because uh, the old one used to go in exactly <laughs> the opposite direction, right? It's a very similar race to a race that used to happen. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> yeah, great You can say that about any 10k. Um my running this week, uh, so I've got the Brighton Marathon um, in two weeks, two, two weeks, one week, week and a half. Week and a half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, less than that when this podcast comes out, and I'm pacing at that. I'm uh 3.30 pacer, and I had to remember which pace I was going at then. Um, it's and, really hard being a pacer, right, Kev? Yeah, I, I, I've done a classic uh, training block of next to nothing, so I'm actually bricking it now. I actually think I've done less than you, though, which is quite surprising because I'm normally a bit smarter about training than you are, but I've done two halves and a 20-miler. Oh, no, I've done one half and a 20-miler. Oh, okay, good, so yeah. I'm not But last week I did two 10Ks, <laughs> <laughs> and today I ran 5K, so it's going to be fine. So if anybody wants to watch Kev and I struggle through... 26.2 miles um make your way down to brighton seafront uh, yeah also that would be kevin me oh you but you messed up last week talking to helen so, <laughs> so i don't care but i corrected it That's though right brilliant yeah so Ke- i don't kevin care me. Kev's anyway. terrible um so yeah running is uh, is going great what about run things uh, Run Things is um, also going great, obviously. Tell uh, everyone what we did yesterday. Yesterday we did loads of work, which um, was a bit painful for a Sunday. Uh, but we also went down and took some pictures of the new Run Things tote bags, yeah, which are now for sale on the website. Um, and we gonna... sold one today. <laughs> Kev doesn't think we're going to sell any, um, so I'm already winning again because we've sold one. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, if you like a tote bag, I love a tote bag. So go and be environmentally friendly and buy one and carry your shopping in it. Yeah, or one, your race kit. One lady on Twitter today said that she once managed to move house um, entirely using tote bags to carry all of her belongings in. So either she's a hobo and doesn't have much stuff or she's a hoarder and has a lot of tote bags. Either way, uh, I've forgotten your name. I do apologise. Um, you're a bit weird. <laughs> She's basically my hero, so, backing me up on the tote bag. That's true. So big love. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, on to the, the uh, what's this thing, podcast. 
Um, today we're going to be interviewing a guy called Ben. I thought for ages his name was Ben Dave, but that's actually just his uh, Twitter handle, at Ben Dave. I think it's Ben Davis. Um, and I'm really excited to talk to him because he sounds... Well, he sounds similar to me and I love talking to me. So um, Ben's done some pretty cool running stuff and uh, is very specifically running for mental health reasons. So we're going to be interviewing him um, again in the usual way of no scripts and just seeing where the conversation takes us. Uh, The podcast, I was going to say blog, the podcast should be about 15 minutes, but we're already five minutes in, so I would imagine, again, it will be the longest 15 minutes of people's lives. They just keep getting longer and longer each week, so this one might go on, you know, for over an hour. Oh, God, I hope not. (laughs) No pressure, Ben. I didn't even listen back to the last one. (laughs) I I got bored of my own voice. I just assumed that your editing would be okay. So, um, anyway, here we go. We are going to talk to Ben. Um, We're going to introduce Ben, Ben Davis, who is a proud Yorkshireman, I believe, Ben? I certainly am, yeah, absolutely. And you don't sound too Yorkshire, which is great, because it means we're not going to need subtitles for the podcast. Um, I'll try the harder then. <laughs> I, I find it easier to insult guests. Claire's pulling all sorts of faces at me here. Yeah, you're just terrible. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've uh, completely unscripted this, and we're just going to see where the conversation kind of goes. Um, okay. Ben, we met you via uh, Twitter. Um, yeah. I've, I've no idea how. Um, first off, how did you hear about Run Things? I think it was through Run Up to Christmas, I think. Oh, you took part in Run Up to Christmas? Yeah, well, truth be told, I got to about the 21st, and then beer and sort of mulled wine and all that sort of stuff just got in the way. Well, so I did the first 21 days, and then not the last days. So I never claimed my medal. That, that, that's all right. <laughs> you, uh, you, you lasted um, a lot longer than other people. Plus, it's, it's specifically not a run streak thing anyway, so um, yeah. you definitely still earned it. Cheers, mate. Well, look after it till next year and I'll have another pop. Oh, you didn't claim it? Oh, we'll send it to no, you. No, I didn't claim it. No, 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 oh, no. You, you, I'm going to send it to you. You'll be doing us a favour because in my spare room I've got about 800 medals. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I'll, I'll send you four. Why not? Big <laughs> out, big out. Yeah. So, uh, Ben, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so your name's Ben Davis. You are in Yorkshire. Whereabouts in Yorkshire are you? Uh, Harrogate, North Yorkshire. Oh, just under you're, the posh, you're posh Yorkshire. Yeah, proper posh, proper right. posh. <laughs> proper <laughs> reap posh. Um, and what do you do for a living, Ben? Uh, I'm a freelance video and events producer, so a bit of all sorts, really. I, I always find it really difficult to explain what I do for a living, so I kind of do anything as long as someone's paying me. Not not anything, anything, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Within reason and legalities. Yeah. But you were, saying, um, you were saying earlier that you've been editing some videos today and you, you kind of offered to help us a little bit out with editing the podcast because I do such a terrible job at it. So um, do you do a lot of kind of video and, and voice editing and that kind of stuff? Yeah, loads of that sort of stuff. So um, I started off working in events production and then I went off and did a bit of uh, music video stuff and then came back to events now. So now I kind of just bridge those two. So if it's anything to do with events or video or sound, then I'll... Uh, did you uh-huh. work with any like proper famous people? I knew you were going to ask that because <laughs> I wanted to ask that. Um, yeah, I've, I've worked with a few famous people. We used to run an online music channel called On Sofa, which is like a Yorkshire-based uh, YouTube thing, and we had a Chesterfield sofa and we'd invite people to come down and, and play on the sofa. That's okay. Um, yeah, it was amazing. And we worked with um, Lucy Spraggan, was a good friend of ours. She did a lot of sessions before she was on The X Factor. Oh, she's the one who was actually uh, good on The X Factor. Yeah. I remember her, yeah. 
yeah, she's an absolute legend. Mm. Um, and we worked with a load of people that toured with um, Ed Sheeran just as he was sort of blowing up. Right. An amazing girl called Calavelle who you should check out. And we went, we went and uh, she played with him at Thetford Forest uh, down in Suffolk. And she, he was like a main tour support and Ed Sheeran was there. And Yeah, that was cool. That was like probably a highlight, probably the most famous person we worked with. So what we need to do is we need to tap her up to do as a jingle because Claire's husband is still not providing us with a jingle. So (laughs) that'd be ideal. Yeah. (laughs) We just contact Ed, shall we, and say, Ed, we need a jingle for the podcast. Exactly. Um, So uh, music and stuff aside, uh, you're also a runner. What kind of runner would you say you are? Oh, um... I'm not really sure, to be honest, because I'm 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 I'm, I'm ever changing. I've got a really addictive personality. So, like, when I before I did my Yorkshire run, um, I decided I wanted to run loads of marathons. So I just did a load of that, and then I wanted to run around Yorkshire. So I sort of trained very hard for that, and then now I've kind of stopped training for anything. Um, but I've got really into sort of running longer distance, but just not as much as I probably should be doing. So ever changing, really. You're you're literally like me, but on steroids, basically. Um, yeah, I used to do loads of running, then did not. Well, you've done some crazy running. things, haven't you? Uh, did you? Well, I don't like to talk about it, but as, <laughs> as you've asked me a question, I did once. <laughs> I did once run a marathon every week for a year, um, and I, really? I think uh, the hardest thing I've probably done was running from Paris to London as well. That was pretty nice. Nuts. That's- that's on my list. That's on my list. Oh, so oh, we should talk because I, I really want to do it again, maybe for the 10th anniversary, which is in a couple of years' time. Um, yeah, it's definitely. a really nice run as well because it's kind of straight up a, a, an old railway line. Um, the Avenue Vert, I think it's called, in my best fresh, right. French accent there. Um, so, yeah, anyway, we'll talk about that offline perhaps. Um, so cool. how, how long have you been running? Um, properly since kind of 2016. I did. Um, I got a place at the London Marathon and that was like what sparked my love for running. So before that, I was a properly bad runner. Um, now I'm just a little bit of a bad runner. So, yeah, how, how long? Six, six, so seven, when, when, three when years. So when you say a properly properly bad runner, what what do you mean? Well, like, I couldn't even that? run a bath, really. Like, and um, the first run I ever went out was with my mum and my sister, and I couldn't get to the top of the road. I was, like, really bad. I was, like, five stone heavier than I am now and smoked 40 fags a day and drunk four pints of beer and did you ever do any exercise before 2016? No, or was that like, kind of uh, yeah, nothing. <laughs> that was like my, my main problem, really. Okay, so you're what I would class as a fairly yeah. new runner, and yet you, you ran the London Marathon really three years ago, then ran a load of marathons, and then, as we're going to talk about shortly, you ran a lap of yeah. Yorkshire. Um, is that all the bits of Yorkshire, or did you just pick like one of the ridings? It's the whole like Yorkshire, so all of them. Uh, so all, all around the outside Sweet of Jesus. the uh, yeah the Yorkshire border. Wow. So what made you start? Was it you know was it were you that typical person who watched the London Marathon on TV twenty fifteen and was like I want a piece of that? No, I was just like I was just bang out of shape. There was I remember a real sort of moment that made me decide that I need to sort sort myself out. Was we went to um, the Lake District with the lads. It was one of the one of the boys' birthdays, and they booked a place in. Um, I can't remember the name of the race now, but you know, one of these kind of obstacle races, like Tuff Mudder, one of these things. Yeah. Um, they were winding me up on the way down that somebody had dropped out and that they needed to keep numbers up and all that. So I was going to have to run with them. And they bought like a spare t shirt and a pair of shorts and a pair of trainers and them. So I set off, and the first obstacle was like a hill sprint thing. 
you know, just straight up and down. And I, and I did it. Did yeah. like sort of two hill sprints, and I was absolutely just smoked out. And uh, <laughs> like on the edge of it, like literally, I felt like I was going to die. So I sort of told them to just carry on, and I went and hid in a bush. And it took me about forty-five minutes just to <laughs> sort of get myself together, and I limped back to the. Uh, the sort of festival village and we've all been there had a beer and a burger yeah oh it was it was yeah awful <laughs> so I was like still does hide in bushes but that's yeah. <laughs> something <laughs> we shouldn't talk about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was then it was kind of a, a moment of realisation was it yeah it was it was yeah so then I sort of did a hunt, bit of hunting around and kind of figured I'd had to I had to chuck myself in at the deep end and try to get a place for uh, London and managed to get one through um, the Children's Society and then that was it. Then I was off on my uh, quest to, to run a marathon. Right. And so your first kind of experience of, of proper running, as it were, was in at the deep end, go for a full 26.2. Yeah. How was it? How was the race? Now? Let's not talk about the build-up, because I imagine kind of, you know, you put plenty into that, but the day itself, what was that like? Oh, it, it was absolutely incredible. I ended up running uh, 3.44, and I want. I honestly thought I was. I would be happy at anything under sort of five hours. I was just running to get round, and then, like, uh, you know, sort of typical bloke set off too quick, but then just didn't really slow down and just kept going and going and going. It was just, it was just amazing. Like literally the best, the best experience. I'd love to do it again. Well, well. You know, there's people listening to this podcast now who actually they're probably not listening. They've probably turned off and gone, "What a bastard!" <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I I, that I, guy. I'm thinking, you know. <laughs> I'm thinking that at the moment, my, yeah. my PB is 3.47 and I'd kill for a sub 3.45, so screw you, Ben. So uh, <laughs> what, what, did you go through, what did you go through halfway in then? Because that, that's a typical man thing, is like set off too fast and then hang on for dear life. Yeah, um, do you know what? I'm not sure actually, I should, I should, I should have a look, but it, it's definitely well my first time, but then from there on in, it's, that's been like my, uh, my absolute downfall, like I did uh, Paris was a, a particularly bad one and I think I did the first half in about one twenty eight and I was going for a sub three and I came in at like three forty or something. Uh, so like a considerably yeah. slower second half and then yeah, I've done that a few times since I've not learned. I I think it's um it's one of those things, you know, we we're meant to learn from our experiences, but I've run tried to run a lot of marathons fast and even and, you know, negative split and all of that. And there's been so many times I've blown up yeah. and I like I fooled myself at 18 miles and gone, oh, no, you feel great, you feel great. And then at 20, I'm like on the floor crying. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm, I'm terrible at training when, when, when it comes to marathons. Anyway, I don't think I've never properly, properly trained for one. Um, right. I think I, I, Is that because it's too long a period or injuries um, or you just kind of think, you know lose focus? I think it's, it's a mixture of focus and also my work as well because I move around a lot and I'm never at home. So it's just tricky to stick to a any sort of regime really um, so what do you do what, what's a typical kind of week or typical couple of weeks look like for you for running mm. it's, it's really massively dictated by work so if I'm if I'm working at home or, or close to home staying at home I sort of get up and have a run before work maybe I don't know sort of three or four there's a nice three or four miles down some trails it's like the sort of go to you know that was like my morning run and then Probably try and do a couple of longer runs, sort of eight miles ish, and then if I can, if I've got the time, a nice big long run on the weekend. But that, that's changed quite a bit since I did my Yorkshire run, because um, it uh, now I'm, I'm not bothered about pace at all. Whereas I was a real sort of watch watcher before, whereas now I don't even look at my watch; I just sort of go out to to enjoy it really. 
Yeah, that's um, that's kind of the evolution of a runner, isn't it? We get to that point where we go, it's not just about the watch yeah. and getting faster and faster because no one actually cares yeah, that much yeah, apart yeah. from you. Yeah, I've got a mate of mine. I've just got into running. And, um, he's he, we, we did like a long trail run the other week and every time we stopped just to like take a picture of it, it's like, have you stopped to watch? Have you stopped to watch? And I someone says, no, it's cool, don't worry about it. No one cares. Um, yeah. You have that, to remember that. Also, um, I did used to get, you know. A year ago, I, yeah. I really cared about my studies and everything, but I think I'm, I've made a real sort of conscious effort to just not worry about that anymore and just enjoy the running. But also, we all know secretly that our Garmin's have an auto pause on them anyway, and they give you your moving time. So, yeah. so long as you don't walk, <laughs> you know, you, you can still get it. Yeah. Uh, and you, um, you've obviously said that London was a, an amazing experience for you. What's been your kind of best marathon? Your favourite marathon? Um, uh, was it London or was it something else? Um. I got my PB in Hull last October, and that was amazing because I surprised myself there. But my favourite, like my my the marathon I'd recommend is probably Barcelona. I, I absolutely love Barcelona. We, we try and go sort of once a year, and it's just a brilliant city. So I'd re- that'd be my my top recommendation, I reckon. It's meant to be perfect temperature as well, isn't it? Yeah, well, I was probably a teeny little bit too hot when I did it, but yeah, it's, it, it can be. I think we were sort of 23, 24 degrees, but normally I think it's a bit cooler than that, sort of late teens. And not to bring you back to the stats, but what, what was the PB in Hull? Hull was 3.06. Amazing. Yeah, that's decent. Yeah, good I mean, that, that's a Boston qualifier right there. 3.06.01, yeah. It was um, That's, uh... that was after the Yorkshire run, and I hadn't I hadn't trained at all. And I piled on a load of weight straight after I stopped. I hadn't done any official marathon training, but obviously I'd just done a lot of miles um, the previous sort of six months. And uh, yeah, again, I was really you know sort of went off quickly, more quicker than I'd anticipated, and uh, just didn't slow down. I was going, I was I was going, I was aiming for anything under a three thirty because I, I thought I was still a bit broken. Wow. And just didn't there's a, stop there, it. it there's a lot to be said. There's a lot to be said for that as well because, I mean, I don't know whether you know, but I once ran 52 marathons in a year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, so I I ran the Brighton Marathon the year after that. So it was the April after I finished, and I finished on um, sort of around Christmas time. Yeah. And just like you, I went into that with absolutely no expectations, but all of the miles that I'd accumulated over that year. Um, made me drop my PB from 320 to 302 Whoa. and it was completely unexpected yeah, yeah. so there's a lot to be said isn't there for just putting in just mileage miles. Yeah, and not, not worrying about speed and time and watch watching and, and all of that yeah. and just going out and you know doing what you can so long as you don't get injured mm. it sets you in really good stead yeah I mean all of my training for Yorkshire was uh, loaded you know so I was, I was wearing a pack and I was purposely trying to run slow so I, was, I wouldn't let myself run quicker than a 10 minute mile um, because I was just trying to get distance in. So I hadn't run anywhere near marathon pace for probably eight months. Um, but I think I think another big help was the running with a pack as well. I think it just probably really helped to add a bit of strength to my legs that year. Oh, um, yeah, train-heavy, race light. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a great rule, mm. really, really good rule. Mm. So, and we've kind of touched on um, the, the Yorkshire run, um, but conscious that, other people other than us or people that follow you on Twitter might not know what that is. So um, tell us tell us what you did. So um, I ran I ran a lap of Yorkshire. So along the boundary line, it was 498 miles and uh, I did it over 18 days. So I tried to split it up into wow. marathons. So the plan was to do 
eight consecutive marathons, but it didn't really work like that because um, I was kind of dictated where the where where I could sort of stay each evening. So I didn't leave the route at all. Uh, so it depended where the pubs were. <laughs> it just became like a big pub call, basically. <laughs> but that's when you know you've become like a proper runner, isn't it? When you can stop for a beer and a cake rather than oh, kind of have a gel and, and yeah, some electrolytes. that was like a massive... I'm trying to think when the first mid-run beer was. I think it was about three days in. Um, straight away, I decided to just eat properly during the during the day. So I wasn't I wasn't like getting up and running around and then stopping. I just had the day to cover that mileage. So I sort of run, stop for a bit of lunch, and then carry on again. And then I think it, I think yeah. it was the third day. Um, I can't remember the name of the town now, but this but this town it was it, it was a, an evening that I was wild camping. So I was about two two miles away from the from where I wanted to camp, and it was the last sort of bit of civilization so I, I, I stopped at a pub and had a beer my mate Tom who was doing all the video footage for it all and um, a guy called Dan came into the pub who'd, who'd sort of followed it all online I wore like a tracker on my shoulder so people could come and you know track me down on the website and come run with me and there's this guy called Half the Man Dan on Instagram he's called and he's lost a crazy 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 amount of weight and he just sort of bundled into this pub and said oh you're through Ben and he said, "Do you want a beer?" And I was like, "I've already had one." We ended up having another two, and then ran ran the ran the last sort of three miles together. And uh, he he ended up rolling his ankle actually in in these woods. It's probably, it's probably not it's not recommended from a health point of view. But yeah. I was going to say you probably thought it was three miles, but swaying side to side, you probably covered four or five yeah, miles. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember my kind of first experience of, of that kind of runner was when I ran uh, Hadrian's Wall. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think it was 2012 when I did that, and um, I was like, you know, I was a proper runner back then, so I was going for speed and you know wear as little as you can and be as light as possible. Yeah. And the night before we were camping, and these old fellas, you know, proper like, I mean, they looked old and ropey, probably like they were in their 50s or something. They were probably just in their 40s, but had a hard life, um, <laughs> and they were pissed and i mean pissed as well you know they were properly on the ale yeah. the night before the ultra and and they just didn't care and i thought brilliant i'm having some of that <laughs> and it kind of changed the way i thought about ultra running yeah yeah i don't understand people who don't drink before <laughs> before a race mm-hmm. like the night before or just like, people who don't drink <laughs> yeah yeah like a nice pint of ale before and then after a race that's that's good going. Maybe that's why I haven't got a sub three forty five though, and yeah. joining you boys in the three hour club. <laughs> I, I probably, so, uh, what made you? What made you come up with the idea? Um, well, I, I started um, looking for, you know, adventure runs and, and ideas for, so I could raise a bit of cash for calm. I got a place in the American Disciples place, and then. You know, you, you sort of you, you have to c- commit to raising X amount of pounds. I think it was about ten grand or something, and uh, the mm-hmm. figure just scared me, and I just I just was losing sleep over the, you know the obligation to raise that sort of money. So I backed out. So then the, the kind of breeze in my head was something, um, you know, sort of a big adventure run, preferably something that hadn't been done before, so I could, I could raise a load of cash. And I started looking around, and and I came up with the, the sort of Yorkshire idea, and I thought it was an original idea. I sort of googled it avidly and couldn't find any information of anyone doing it and then we, we sort of built a website and recorded a video posted it online within a couple of days this bloke messaged me to say that he'd, he'd done it already in 2016 <laughs> like, yeah, I, I was fully totally and utterly emotionally invested in it now so uh, yeah. uh, he, he turned out to be an absolute legend he came and met me um, in fact it was the same day as the uh, the pub stop 
with a with a portion of fish and chips and came and sat in my tent with me and ate them and gave me a few tips for later on. It was, it was a proper game. Oh, what a guy. Yeah, he was a legend. I love that. You think you've like invented something and someone comes along and just like completed it, mate. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. But I was absolutely <laughs> distraught when I could, because when, when I sort of announced it, it was like the first ever lap of, you know, and all this, I was really banging home the fact it was going to be the first ever, but actually it, it, it didn't really matter. By the time I got around to doing it, you know, it's... It was just the. So, did you both go clockwise as well, or you know, anti-clockwise? Uh, same direction. We, yeah, we both went anti-clockwise. Yeah, slightly, slightly different route in places. Um, right. I think I think he actually did it a day quicker than me, or uh, maybe even mm. two days. What's lo- What's lovely though is that he actually took the time to come and see oh, you. You know, he, he wasn't precious no, over no, it or no, anything like was, that. He was honestly such a legend. We we uh, I was away with his work when he messaged, and then we sort of jumped on the phone that night. I think we were on the phone for like an hour and a half. And we just got on so well. He, he was like, you know, Jason was going to it again. And, and uh, yeah, and then he came out and met me during the run. And we, we spoke since afterwards. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll do it again together one day. And you said you were raising money for Calm. Uh, why why that charity? Uh, so I went just before I did, well, actually, it was just after I did the London Marathon. I went through like a, a period of depression for about three or four months. Uh, and on the run up to Christmas and just scared the shit out of myself how poorly I got how quickly really and then when mm. I sort of came out the other side I knew I had to sort of talk about it and I didn't know whether that meant just you know posting something on my own Facebook just to say look I've been through this and you know it's cool it's cool if you're going through it too you know you can talk to me or whatever but it just felt really like well me well me and I didn't want it to look like I was I didn't, just didn't want it to come across wrong. So I was almost looking for a, a vehicle to, to talk about it. And then when I came up with the run, it was like the perfect, you know, the perfect idea. And, uh, yeah, it allowed me to do do sort of both things, raise a bit of cash and talk about mental health at the same time. So, And for those that don't know, um, Calm is uh, the campaign against living miserably. That's right. Um, and uh, so their website is thecalmzone.net. And... They're brilliant. Yeah, um, they're, They've not been around for an awful long time, but basically they focus on men's mental health, don't they, and reducing the suicide rate amongst young That's men. That's right. I mean, I only know a little bit about them because one of my personal training clients, uh, whenever he and I have a bet, um, the karma are always the recipient of the loser. Um, right. So I've, I've lost count of the amount of money I've just given them because I've lost bets to, uh, to Paul. But they're brilliant, and I think they've got a real kind of niche area as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're um, they're absolutely amazing. They just uh, they asked me a couple of weeks ago to be an ambassador for them, so I'm so excited. Uh, so we're going to be doing uh, oh, amazing. We're be doing a lot more work together over the next few years. But yeah. So what's that going to involve? Um, I don't really know yet because it's 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 each ambassador is like a little bit different. So, but essentially, they just sort of say, "Will you?" I guess it's just to kind of officially recognise the relationship, really. So obviously, I've done this run, and then I've been sort of pushing another few things afterwards. Um. So they'll sort of support you in however you however you want however you want to sort of work with them really. Um, so we're working on a we're working on a few projects uh, coming up later this year. We've got a big thing at Hull Marathon, which can't really talk about just yet, <laughs> which is nice. I'd love to tell you. Um, you can't give us a sneak peek at all. Well, we're going to be working with blokes in Hull that that don't run and training them to run run the marathon as a relay team. Um, and I was promoting running for the benefits of, of our sort of mental health and well-being. Yeah, the project's going to be called Passing the Baton, 
that's, def- that's definitely as much as I can tell you. <laughs> it's really exciting. That's quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. we've got an exclusive. We'll take that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and Ben, uh, feel free to tell me that you don't want to answer this. I'm, I'm just intrigued because when uh, I did my podcast, which was far less interesting than this. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, uh, Kev asked me kind of what depression felt like mm. for me. Um, and I'm really conscious that for every person, I think it is a unique thing. Yeah. Um, so I just wondered for you, you know, how how did it feel? How did it manifest for you? You said you you know it was scary how how quickly you kind of sunk down. Mm. But what what did that look like? Um, it was it was just like self hatred for me really. Uh, mm. And I remember a real sort of a, a real thing I, I, that I'll never forget was like just brushing my teeth in the morning morning that I couldn't eat, I, like, I just couldn't look in the, look at myself in the mirror. Um, and looking back now that just seems just crackers you know uh, mm. but I just yeah I couldn't even I couldn't I just felt like such a burden to everybody and and uh, yeah I was just I was, in a, I was in a bad place and and do you manage that solely now with exercise or therapy or medication or a mixture of all of the above or, um, or none just or? just exercise really so I never yeah. I never got to see my doctor uh, so I was never on any medication or anything. I had a I had a friend who's a, a PT called Adam. He's an absolute legend. He used to just drag me out of the flat and you know take me to the gym or take me out running and all that. And he he sort of suffered himself with various sort of mental health issues. And he really sort of helped me sort of square myself up. And then I think I think that's so important that just getting out. Yeah. Um, it, it was for me just because getting out of bed was so so difficult. Yeah. Um. Being being kind of forced out of the house, even if it was just for ten minutes, was such an important part of that transition back into some sort of norm, normal life, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it, yeah, it started by him, you know, dragging me out, and then once I once I got more and more into my running, going to the gym, that was that gave me something to focus on. Um, How did you guys talk about it? Because I love a stereotype. So you're big, burly, active Yorkshireman. Yeah. How do two blokes like that? bring it up or was it an, you know an unsaid kind of thing i think um with adam the pt he 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 was he was sort of super aware of it because he'd been there himself so he saw he saw it in me and um i'd actually helped him on a couple of projects that he was working with before so it's kind of a conversation that we were already having um so i was i was i was quite aware of it as i as i sort of you know crumbled into the state i got to but there's, there's another lad who's like my best best mate. He's also called Adam Smith. It's extra confusing, and he's um, he's a builder, like a proper blokey builder. Like I don't think I've ever hugged him unless we've done my pints of Stella. And uh, he was he was amazing, and he, he he would just sort of come around to my flat and just talk to me in a real unobtrusive way. And he I never even realised at the time how how aware he was of it all, really. Um, but yeah, he's, he he was really really good, really helpful. And you say kind of you pointed to this particular time when you were um, cleaning your teeth. Was that like a, a realization moment, or did you feel yourself constantly slipping? Because I, I don't know whether you know people have like an, an anti epiphany moment where they're like, "Oh my god, shit's gone bad here," or is it like a constant sliding? Yeah, I think it was, it was more of a constant. Like to be honest, it's just like in hindsight when I look back now, it was like the whole not being able to look at myself in the mirror thing. It's like all these things you like 
God, that's just not normal. But at the time, it just, that was just how I felt about myself, you know. Uh, and the same thing about just suicidal thoughts in general. It became that, like, I was aware that I was having them. And then, but it felt almost normal at the time. And then when you realise that that's, you know, that's not, it's not normal and, and you, sh- you shouldn't be thinking like that, that's when the, the sort of alarm bells started ringing. But, yeah, it's weird. I felt it was, it was such a heavy, I often describe it as just feeling, like, drunk. Um, mm. and, and, you know, like, real sort of, that sounds really cliche, but just having, like, a big cloud over your head and just not being able to think straight. And, yeah, it's tough. How long did it last for? Probably... Probably about three months ish, um, and it was just before. I can't remember. It was just before, or just after Christmas, I ended up. I was out drinking, which I was doing a lot of that, and uh, I ran home to my mum and dad's house and just knocked on the door at like eleven o'clock at night, pissed, and said, "Look, I'm in, in, crying, just saying, like, I, I need your help. I don't know. It's like this is bad." And then once, once I'd that, you know, sort of started to be a, bit, a little bit more honest about it. That was when things started improving, like, pretty rapidly, to be honest. Was that a big thing for you, asking for help, especially from your parents? Um, to be honest, it, it, it wasn't, because I, I don't really know what made me do it that night. You know, it was like a completely ludicrous time of the night to do it, and it wasn't... It, I definitely hadn't planned it. I was I was walking back to my flat from town, and I just 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 decided, just started legging it home. It was almost like a bit of an impulsive impulsive thing really and thank god you did yeah it. absolutely yeah yeah i think that's um a really kind of important point you know people talk about like cries for help and things like that and there's a lot of kind of stigma around suicide attempts and you know whether people are just doing it for attention or whatever you know the thoughts are they're out there and and i personally you know if like you if you hadn't have knocked on that door that night and been in that state then who knows what would have happened and and similarly for me you know if I hadn't made the phone call that I made at the time then I wouldn't be here and I think cries for help are are, are so brave um and incredible job that your family did and that you've done to kind of pull yourself through what sounds like a really tough time and and have all these amazing achievements so thank you for for sharing that I, I also think um, it's important to recognise that people can be suicidal without attempting suicide. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a step beyond, isn't it? But people can still have those thoughts yeah. without acting on them. There, there still can be a small rational part of their brain stopping them, but it doesn't mean that they're not thinking of it. Yeah, I mean, the, the other thing is having suicidal thoughts is, is scary. <laughs> you know, it's, mm. it's, um, yeah, it's a scary place to be. So what made you kind of what made you realize that exercise was the thing that would help or was it uh, a lucky coincidence that you realized you started running and exercising and it made you feel better so you just did more of it or was it a very active thing to kind of you know start doing it to try and improve your mental health I think it was a bit of uh, like Adam you know dragging me out he obviously knew what he was doing he, he was a, it was, a, it was a, a decision that he'd made to try and get me get me moving and then I think it was just as simple as I felt better when I been out, went out and ran, and felt shit when I didn't. And uh, I'm still like that now. You know, if I have a, a heavy weekend out with the boys and don't run for three days, and it's 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 really self perpetuating. You know, I'm sure you know that yourself. If you, you know, you you eat badly, you don't run, you feel shit, so you're not getting up early enough to get out and run. And you know, before you know it, it's been a week and a bit, and you and you haven't gone out running equally the other way around if you 
if you're on form and you're eating well and you're not drinking and it's, you, you know you, you you off you go you're cooking so it's have you had any kind of periods of um uh, this is just purely selfish question really um but not, any, not like you <laughs> any periods of like injury or where you haven't been able to run because uh, from from my perspective I had that last year and I that had a massive knock on my mental health yeah. and, it, and it actually scared me um because I I now think I'm sort of super resilient um after everything I've been through and I have loads of techniques to manage my mental health but then having running kind of taken away from me and I fell so quickly um it, it really scared me yeah and I just wondered if you've had you've had because it sounds like you have a similar relationship to running and you use it in a similar yeah. way if you've had any of those experiences. Um, I haven't I haven't had any sort of serious injuries. Like when I finished my Yorkshire run, like my, I was just broken. You know, all, all my legs were just knackered and my back was knackered. And um, mm. I, I did have a massive come down from that, but I think that was kind of multifaceted, you know, it was because like my whole life was leading up to that for the previous sort of 12 months and... You know, but just, just did you consider quitting at any point during the run? Yeah. Um, no, I I had I had two sort of bad days. One, we had some really really bad weather, which I hadn't sort of anticipated. For. I had a um, like a running waterproof, but I didn't realise that you, you know if you, if you wear one of those and they're wet, they're just like wearing a wet bin bag. You know, so when you when you stop, uh, it's just freezing cold. And I was over. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember where it was now, but basically it was like a proper torrential downpour. And I took sort of like shelter under a bridge and I was just freezing cold. But my phone, I didn't have any signal or anything. So I, uh, I didn't have any choices to just sort of wait it out. But I was, if somebody, if I'd have had the option of stopping, I'd, I'd have probably chucked the towel in there. And we can forget just how rural England can be oh, in yeah. places. Yeah, it was, it was, there was, there, there was often times when I'd be, the, 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 the worst day was from Tan Hill, which is, which is the highest pub in, in the country, right up at the top of the Dales. Uh, to uh, Wernside, uh, which is the highest mountain in Yorkshire. And that was 35 miles. And I, and I crossed two roads, like literally just crossed over them. And then other than that, there was no pastoral roads the whole day, 35 miles. And it was that was properly savage that day. Wow. Really bad things to and, uh, yeah. and any crying at any point? I love a cry yeah. when I'm on a hard run. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, yeah, I did quite a bit of crying, actually. Uh, but more happy tears. And I don't think I had any particularly sad tears. Um, Oh, you see, I'm a, I'm a kind of stand on the top of a hill and shout, "You bastards!" off the side of it. Yeah. And I can't run anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't know any of that. But it was, just, it was an incredibly emotional experience because um, that loads of blokes came out and spoke to me about their mental health, and it, I kind of took a lot on over those eighteen days more than I'd, I'd sort of anticipated. I was getting a lot of messages online as well. And, um, I just hadn't anticipated that. And I wasn't really ready for it, so it was, it was yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty full on as, a, as an experience. You know, aside from the running, um, just emotionally, the, the, the stories people were telling me, and yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, we we get quite a lot of that. We started our virtual events just because they were kind of almost narcissistic. Yeah, um, in that we we were putting them on and they were for us, and then we started getting these messages from people and incredible stories and like really heart-wrenching you know kind of like really picking at you stuff and and we were blown away by some of the stuff that people were willing to tell us yeah 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 
it, it's never felt like a burden. It's always been like, but now I've done running or now I've done this and it's made me feel amazing and thank you. And it, it's just so nice. Yeah, isn't yeah it? it's incredible. It's, it's, it's almost like the bar, my barber always says that to me, like the things that they say, like when, when you sat in a barber's chair, it's just, you just open up. And I, think, I guess it's the same sort of thing, really. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So um, what? take us through the final day and, and the finish. What happened there? Um, so I finished, started in Bridlington. And I think the Sky TV ran me the night before. This was like proper surreal day. Uh, and they said, oh, we've, we've seen what you're doing online. We, we're thinking about sending a, a, a camera crew out. Would you be up for doing an interview in the morning? I was like, yeah. And so I got up at, I can't remember all the timings now, but I said, look, I'm up, I'm up for doing it. I'll have to be early because, you know, I need to get on and get up to Scarborough. So when I met this camera crew, down on the beach and did a live interview on Sky News. So, I mean, that's just absolutely crazy. And then set off with about sort of five or six people and ran around um, Benton Cliffs. I don't know if you know that's where all the puffins are. It's amazing. I've never been before. It's only probably an hour from my house. And, yeah, I've never been. That was amazing. And ran up to Filey and there was probably 20 or 30 people waiting in Filey for me. And then we ran from Farley up to Scarborough, which is probably about, I think it's about 10 or 12 miles. And then along the route, more and more people sort of joined. By the time we got to Scarborough, there was like 50 or 60 people running. And then... Um, Forest Gump. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. And when we got to the beach, uh, up and running, uh, the running retailers and Saucony, the few people, had, had, had sort of sponsored me. They had like a big inflatable finish line and all my friends and family were there and, yeah, it was absolutely bonkers. Like, the, the most surreal thing. And, uh, yeah, just strange that I'd set up from there 18 days earlier. You know, it looked, looked exactly the same as it did. Yeah, just absolutely. I'll never forget it. It was just an absolute madness. And how much money did you end up raising for charity? Um, 20, just shy of 27,000, I think. No, sorry, just shy of 28,000. That's incredible. Um, yeah, that's I, I thought you were going to say, just shy of 27 quid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check your fiver. Oh, I know northern people are tight, yeah. but come on. That's, that, that's a phenomenal amount of money, and it's funny, isn't it, because you know you decided to do that run because you weren't sure whether you could raise the 10 grand for the MDS, yeah. and there you are raising you know over two and a half times that amount of money, but doing something absolutely unique closer to home as well. Yeah, yeah, and it didn't cost any money. I didn't have to fly to, you know fly to the mm-hmm. across the world to do it. it was, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and also fewer people have done what you've done than have done the MDS mm. by far as well. Yeah, I think mm. there's something really romantic about doing you know events that aren't official events that don't have all the hype and everything else. Like everything you've done, it, it sounds so personal to you. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I think that's such a lovely, yeah, a lovely story. We should do a lap of wording. Yeah, I've done a lot of those. I'll be honest. I with think you. then we will only get twenty-seven quid. <laughs> yeah, totally. So Ben, um, you've obviously done you know loads and loads of marathons, and you, you've done this, which is incredible. And you talked about the come down earlier, but is there anything next? You know, do you feel like you have to constantly chase something? Mm, yeah, definitely. I just don't know what it is yet. Um, I'm planning on we're sort of relaunching Running Yorkshire at the minute, uh, rebuilding the website. Um, we're talking to running groups and we're, I'm talking to a, uh, a mental health training sort of tech company at the minute about embedding that into what we do and training up people to be more mental health aware that we're running groups and stuff like this. Just still trying to figure out exactly how how it's going to progress, but really excited about 
the conversations we're having at the minute. And another thing that I really want to do is start um, adventure runs, I'm calling them. So where the, you, there's no race involved, it's just running uh, for the sake of adventure. You know, so I'm planning the first one in a few weeks as a, a run from my hometown in Harrogate to Appleshire Rick. It's sort of 20 odd miles and we're going to do it as a midnight head torch run and then get to the top of Simon's Seat, which is this beautiful uh, hill that looks down a valley for sunrise and then down to a pub for breakfast and then get a coach back to Harrogate. So it's be like sort of 50 people all running together rather than it being a race, just more of a, an experience really. Um, That's awesome. I'm going to um, I'm going to stick a little plug in here because it sounds like you'd be really strongly linked to uh, to something that a friend of mine does um, called Roots. Okay. Um, and R- Roots is exactly that. It's, it's an adventure um, kind of not just an adventure running, but an adventure survival and and kind of you know activities type thing. Um, so check them out. They're on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/rootsadventures, um, but they do exactly that kind of stuff, and yeah. they use like ex-military people to teach navigation and, and that sort of stuff. And I can see more and more of my running friends moving away from the road and into that kind of thing. Yeah, because it's, it's just a lot more fun, isn't it? And it seems to be. I'm not saying that road runners aren't friendly, because most of our listeners are those sorts of people. But th- there's an extra level of friendship involved in this sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the the, the, it, the biggest thing for me was. Um, when when I did the run, I ran with so many people and of all like mass, you know, uh, mixed abilities. And I I was the Achilles heel, if you like, because I had this big backpack on my back and my legs were broken, obviously. Um, but all of these different people were just running at, at you know at my pace, and it wasn't it wasn't about pace, it wasn't about racing. It was just amazing. I all these amazing conversations that came out the back of it, and. Uh, and take the, I ran with a lot of roadrunners that had never run trails before. And to be honest, I hadn't done a lot of trail running before I did it. So it's just, just really love the idea of opening people up to that that sort of style of running. Um, yeah, especially when you've got the kind of trails and fells that you guys have got access to yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible, incredible places. Yeah, I think um, uh, trail running is definitely kind of wherever I go uh, to fall back in love with running mm. when the road has destroyed my will to live. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's been totally fascinating to talk to you, Ben, and uh, such a, sort of amazing stories. Um, and, and just thank you really for being so open and honest oh, with us about um, your your kind of mental health journey. And I think... Um, because we're nearing 50 minutes again, we should probably <laughs> get <laughs> to a close. Uh, uh, yeah, we've, yeah, it's we've crazy. been talking for uh, for quite a while. But it's okay, because Claire will probably edit out all the boring bits with her voice in, and it'll just end up being a conversation between you and me. Yeah, nobody will have to listen to this shrill grandma voice anymore. Um, but yeah, no, it, honestly, I, I feel like we could have talked to you for at least another hour, so so thank you, Um and and yeah, it's it's been great. I hope you've um, enjoyed the chat. Yeah, Ben, you've got um, also you've got an opportunity here to uh, to flog anything. Um, not literally, not like your sofa, but um, you know, <laughs> what, tell us about your your social handles and anything you do and and anything you want to promote because it's only right that you get the opportunity. Cool. Well, uh, my Twitter's I am Ben Days. Uh, my Instagram's just Ben Days, uh, and we've got a Facebook page which is Running Yorkshire. And keep an eye on the Running Yorkshire website. At the minute, it's all about the run that happened last year, but we're we're sort of rebuilding it from the ground up at the minute to incorporate 
the kind of projects I've talked about tonight and, and, and amongst another few things as well. So I, in, so I'd love to have another chat sort of this time next year and see where we've got to because we have, we've got some really exciting projects coming up. Oh, we'll definitely book that in. We really appreciate it. Um, ben, thanks so much for, for taking the time to talk to us. Pleasure. Um, and, and for being so open and honest as well. It's, it's been really humbling, genuinely. Thank you, mate. Cheers. So that was sort of, uh, well, it's made me feel inadequate and humbling. Do you remember when we started with this idea of a podcast and we said we'd get normal people on to talk about normal stuff? Yeah. And so far we've had a woman who cycled around the world and a man who's run around Yorkshire. Yeah, I feel like I need to go out and do something pretty spectacular now. Yeah. Um, so the next one, um, I'm putting it out there, we're going to get a, a bang average person, your mum maybe, <laughs> um, to come and talk to us. My um, mum got a PB at Parkrun on Saturday. So I saw that. shout out to my mum. Legend. Um, yeah, she's she's doing really and well. And she did it in her pyjamas as well. She did do it in her pyjamas. Because yeah. she's a park runner and yeah. that's what they do. Yeah, park run through and through. So... Um, so Ben was pretty incredible um, and really humbling. And it's so nice to hear a bloke talk about his mental health like he did and, and yeah. be open and, and encouraging as well. And the fact that all those other runners kind of came to run with him is is the stuff that I'll take away from that. And I just love the whole bit about his kind of build a friend who came round and was this great support. And I, I think thought it... you meant like build a bear style. <laughs> build a, his friend who he is a builder. builder. Yeah. <laughs> Um, who came round and sat with him and chat with him uh, about what was going on because I think that's so key, especially for men opening up to their their mates, especially their blokey mates. Um, and yeah, that's amazing to yeah. hear. Yeah, and I think one of the possible. things that. I, I realised from that that I'd not considered in the past is that you don't need to ask for help or offer help to be helpful. Oh, yeah. And just, just being there is something that, you know, you, you can both recognise something without having to say it. Yeah, and I think the just being there is so important. You know, sometimes it's just sitting there and you don't have to say anything or, you know, offer up solutions or anything like that. It's just knowing that there's somebody there next to you while you're kind of going through what you're going through. So I think that's... um. Yeah, pretty key. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so we should wrap it up because mm. we're running out of time. Um, what have we got to talk about? The Run Club and Run Around the World. Yes. Go for it. So uh, the Run Club launches on the 1st of May. There is still time to sign up. We've announced this week that if you sign up and join us, you will be a lifetime member of the Run Club. So you just pay your membership fee and uh, then you'll get to stick around with us forever until they get know. bored of us. Um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah so it was going to be an annual fee and we realized that admin wise and and the ethos of the business stuff like that just doesn't work like that so anyone who signs up to the run club will become a member for as long as they can stand being a member of the club and for 25 quid um, you get access to coaching and physio advice and running training plans active community of people or oh, community um and um also a pretty awesome top as well yep. um so that's pretty cool and then the run around the world tell us about that yeah run around the world is coming back uh this year we'll be launching uh sales for that uh on the 1st of may as well um really exciting stuff happening uh on the web development to kind of make that experience a lot better for everyone this time round, and hopefully one team will actually make it around the world uh, this year. We got so, so close last year. I know, so oh, close. So I think close. for me, the best thing about Run Around the World this year is that it's all done on our website. It links to your Strava, and it will total up for the teams as well. So yeah. it should be really straightforward. Yeah, we've got some really smart-looking team areas coming to the website, so it's going to be pretty cool to launch all of that stuff. So 
Just anyway, watch um, this space. we're over 50 minutes in. If you have managed to get to this stage, congratulations. Uh, remember, anyone who listens to the podcast and listens for this long will know that you can use the discount code 10OFF10 OFF, and that gets you 10% off uh, membership of the running club. For now, though, it's uh, as was it two Ronnies? Goodbye from her. And goodbye for you don't know, do you? <laughs> no. You're too young. <laughs> Bye.